When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another edition of Showtime with Coop. Insightful BS with my Laker teammates and NBA legends around the league. And today we got one of the best. Tracy Murray, I mean, <laughs> Tracy McGrady, don't call him T-Mac. T-Mac, how are you doing today, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be right. on the show. Uh, uh, I'm going to call you T. Uh, T, one of the things that we talk about on this program with a lot of the former players is their beginnings of basketball. Uh, as I read your bio, your bio kind of kind of goes with mine. I grew up, my mom, no dad, uh, but I always had role models in my in my life, male role models. Who were the male role models for you that kept you on that straight and narrow other than your mom? My neighborhood. <laughs> uh, my neighborhood, man. I, I grew up in, in Central Florida um, and probably one of the, the biggest drug infested neighborhoods in that area. And there were a lot of, a lot of guys a little bit older than me. Um, and never some of my age as well. So I, I had a lot of friends, but my neighborhood made sure they kept me in a straight line because they knew how talented I was. Um, they made sure where the work was being done that I didn't see none of that, or I didn't hang around any of that activity. So pretty much my neighborhood just really kept me in a straight line and it made sure I didn't indulge in, you know, the wrong things. I know what you're talking about. Cause it's that old saying, it takes a village. Cause I know when I did sure. something wrong, Miss Smith got me, Miss Jones got me, Sister yeah. Loving got me. And by the time I got home, now my grandmother was on me and my mother. So. <laughs> and, that's, and that's how it was back then. Even, you know, in my upbringing, you know, we got punished by our neighbors. Yeah. And yeah. because we all was one just big, happy uh, community. So, um, you know, if I'm on the second street or the third street, there's parents over there that had permission to, you know, discipline me if I got out of line. And then I had to go home and deal with my mom and my grandmother. So I didn't want that. Oh, for sure. Was religion a big part of your upbringing for you, religion? A- absolutely. Absolutely. And, and still is to this day. And I instill that in my kids. Praise the Lord. Two things, T, that your mom told you that sticks with you today. Um, oh, always believe in you, right? Just never lose sight of who you are. And don't lose your confidence as an individual. And I've always lived by that. You know what, T, growing up, and I grew up in the 60s and 70s. I'm a West Coast kid out here in Pasadena, California. AAU basketball was not something that we grew up under. And so our our time on the court was spent at the rec, uh, at the church, somebody's church, or at the Y. Talk to us a little bit about how AAU basketball not necessarily has affected the upbringing of basketball. It actually has enhanced it, but I think they've lost the concept of development in AU basketball. But you came through that system a little bit. Tell us a little bit about that for our younger listeners. Well, for me, um, AU wasn't really a big part of my life. 
Um, I was, I, I didn't really know much about AU basketball until going into my senior year, um, which was crazy. And that's when I got put on the scene. I got invited to the ABCD camp, which, you know, I've never heard about. And that is the elite high school camp with, you know, the top players in, in, in high school at that time. And I was an unknown player and I got invited to this camp and ended up playing against some of the top guys in high school, made a name for myself. And then following that summer, that's when I played AAU basketball with, with you know, a, a lot of Florida talent that I've never heard of. But a lot of these guys went to major D1 schools. Um, that's when I really understood you can't always have talent expected win. Because we had all the talent, you know, you could have, but we were getting our ass whooped on on the AU <laughs> circuit. <laughs> like, listen, I mean, not to be disrespectful, but I, I remember this vividly. This is when I got put on, like, it doesn't matter how big, how strong, how fast you are. If, you're, if you don't play as a team, you're going to lose. We played a team, and it was all white boys. All white boys. They didn't have not one color person on this team. We all we all brothers. We got one white dude, Ted Dupay, who ended up going to Florida. Bro, when I tell you they put on a clinic against us, I mean, smoked us. Execute, backdoor, set screen. Like, it was a clinic. And I was like, damn, that's what I got put on those. Like, bro, you can have all the talent. But if you don't have a team, if you don't have cohesiveness, it doesn't matter. And, you know, that, that was a awakening moment for me. It's funny, Coop, we're talking about this because TMAC now is started up the ones basketball league, oblhoops.com. And so with us as well is John Jordan, JJ, who just won the, the tournament, the one-on-one basketball tournament. So it's funny. We're talking about team, team basketball and <laughs> all that stuff. And really we're talking also about one-on-one. <laughs> Okay, your thoughts on that? I mean, just being a part of the entire OBL experience has been um, uh, uh, such an honor for me, just because this is obviously the first year. And I, I was one of uh, the first, you know, talent selected for the entire um, for this entire process. So it's just been an honor for me. It's been a, you know, it's been a roller coaster ride for me. I was like I said, I was I won the first city. Um, and I've been traveling with the OBL to the rest of the city. So it's literally been like a mini season for me. And, and just to see the, the growth and development of the OBL, literally, literally week by week, city to city. Um, it's just, man, it, it was just a great thing to see in the great. Now, you, you, know what's impress- you know what's impressive about him is, you know, this man was playing overseas in Romania. Right. And the first city uh, was Houston. He's from Houston. And we started on a Saturday. Our season's like Saturday, Sunday. That's when we play. This guy landed from Romania on Friday night. And in registration, like check-in was early Saturday morning. And he made it there. And when I tell you, bro, he came out and beat everybody in one Houston. You know how hard that is on a body to fly? I don't know. I'm sure that flight is probably about 15 hours, right? 14, 15 hours. 
didn't get any sleep, was able to wake up the next morning, get there, check in, and play seven games on Saturday and ended up being one of the top eight to move on to Sunday and ended up winning Houston's regional, like, phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal story. Hey, hey T, uh, did you start this league, the OBL? Yes. Did you start this? Now, what was yeah. your thinking in starting that league? Here at Showtime with Coop, our great partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. For all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including Major League Baseball, the All-Star break is now behind us, and so it's time to look forward to the second half of the season. Plus, you can take a look at the latest futures bets from the National Football League, college sports. They even have lines out for some of the games in college sports that are going to be starting at the end of August and into September. It's never too early to start talking and thinking about college football because it is right around the corner. Bet online, your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to the playoffs, esports, and so much more. Head on to the website and you or use your mobile device and set up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just make sure to use the promo code CLNS50 to get the bonus and get into the action. Again, promo code CLNS50. You like free money? Well, go and use that and place the latest futures bet on over-under totals for your favorite NFL team or your favorite college football program. Bet online. Promo code CLNS50. Again, CLNS50, the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey, T, uh, did you start this league, the OBL? Yes. Did you start this? Now, what was yeah. your thinking in starting that league? Well, I, 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 it's all about opportunity. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I look at, you know, where I am today, how I got to where I am today, and that was through opportunity. Someone giving me a chance. Someone believing in me. And I know, you know, how difficult it is out here to be told you're not good enough. Uh, doors shut on you and, and and then some guys just you know they can't just cope with playing in the five-on-five setting mm-hmm. or you know whatever their training is may not be conducive to the role that a coach puts them in and in essence they get frustrated and start to doubt and question are they good enough right so this is just all you you, you write your wrongs, you write your mistakes. It's, it's all you. You're able to correct anything that goes wrong. You're in the corner by yourself. There's no help. There's no teammates. So it's all on you. And, you know, I was um, just replaying our championship game back in Vegas. And the guy that John beat was one free throw away from winning $250,000. Wow. Like, like one free throw away. Do you, like he's he's going to feel that until, you know, he gets another win or, or something overcomes that. That is going to bother him for a while. And how we do it is we have a foul limit, right? And when you over that foul limit, you go to the free throw line and shoot one free throw. Possession changes. But when – it's game point. You got to go to the line and make two free throws. And this guy hit the first free throw and he missed the second. John could have been out of $250,000. But he missed it. Like the drama that it adds. And everybody think, oh, man, 
two free throws to win the game? Like, why are you going to end the game on free throws? I say, y'all don't even understand the pressure it is on these players to go up there and knock these free throws down. Yeah, we'll have some guys that may hit two free throws and win on that, but just like we saw for the for Vegas last weekend, he didn't make it. <laughs> he didn't make it, and it added just that extra drama to it. And, Tracy, you know what? That's a lost art of the fundamentals of the game of basketball, free throw shooting. I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory. It's a free throw, but a lot of kids – can't get up there and knock that down. So those are some of the disciplinary facts you have to have in playing this game of basketball. And JJ, before you dropped out, T-Mac gave you some, some high praises, man. What are some of the things that you have learned through the course of being in the OBL league? Man, like, um, I mean, the biggest thing, um, like T-Mac alluded to it, man, you really got to believe in yourself. Like, just because there, you don't have four other guys on the court with you, encouraging you, you know, like have been an extra set of eyes like you. So you're literally out on an island by yourself. So self-belief and, you know, confidence in yourself and your abilities is huge. So um, that's definitely one of the things I've learned about myself throughout this entire process. I was just, I was asking myself like, John, how bad do you want it? How much do you really believe you're going to go here to Vegas and win? And, um, and that's just some of the things, like, especially from a mental standpoint, you know, that's just a mental side, like from a physical side is a whole different story. Um, like we said earlier, you, you literally have to be in shape. So I was literally up until Vegas training my body, you know, pushing my body and my game to the limit and learning what my body, what my bodily threshold is like, you know, at what level could I keep a, um, or how long could I keep the highest level of performance? Like, you know, so those are the kind of things I've learned, um, during this entire training process leading up to Vegas. So just, you know, that self-belief and that self-confidence and, you know, just how, how much my body could endure in a short amount of time or a short window. You know what, JJ, also that mental capacity of the game too, the mental fatigue, how do you fight through that? Man, you just got to you literally just got to put your head down and you got to like one of the things that uh, helped me get through it. I would just kept telling myself, like, I'm in great shape. I'm in better shape. I worked harder than everybody. I kept telling myself that and I really believe that. And, you know, once you I'm a firm believer, like if you tell yourself you're you're tired, if you, if you keep, you know, I'd be like, yo, I'm tired. I'm gassed. You're going to really, you know, what I mean, really feel that. So. I just kept fighting through it. Obviously, everybody's tired. This is the last stop of the tour. And I just kept telling myself to push through. And, like, you know, I just relied on, you know, my hard work and the work that I had already put in uh, the entire summer to propel me to the top. Did you ever have a $250,000 contract for the Lakers? (laughs) Never. (laughs) I'll tell you guys, this this league is, is, is so huge for me just because, like, I've played in different countries around the world. I've played in the G League. I've played a lot of places. But I will say I've never played in anything like the OBL. Never. Obviously, uh, I've never had this type of payout. You rarely see people from any industry, from any professionalism, have a payout of of that amount in all in one, you know, one lump sum. Like, people don't – that that does not happen. You guys – I mean, you guys tell me, like, when the last time – you guys see somebody make 250k in one day so 
JJ, listen, my first first three years in the NBA, I made 30,000, baby. (laughs) (laughs) You did more than I did in in one game in three years. Wow. It's different. Perspective. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, T-Mac, okay, Uh, you're in a very, very small, special group of players that come from high school to the pros. How'd you handle that? Uh, Discipline. And, you know, patience, discipline and patience, man. And, and really uh, having a destination and making sure nothing deviates me off of my destination and where I want to get to. It's just, it's just that simple. Um, you know, and you're I, going I to learned, a different country. Not only that, but you, you, you went to a different country. I know. Ninth overall pick. You go to Toronto. I know that loneliness. And as I read your bio, I heard it was lonely for you. up there. Yeah. So discipline had to be a factor. Yeah, discipline was a was a huge factor, and I learned that early on, man. Um, you know, I, 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 my grandmother raised me. My mom was around, but my, I, I grew up with my grandmother. And Saturday mornings, my grandmother will get up, you know, five o'clock in the morning and be on the lake at six o'clock fishing, and she would stay out there until five, six in the evening. And I started going with my grandmother, right. Um, all my friends be out in the streets playing whatever sport that is. We used to do everything, you know, just doing kid things, riding our bikes, just being kids. But I would be on the lake with my grandmother for 12 hours and just having conversations and really just understanding what's really important in life. And that was just spending time with my grandmother. And um, so that's why when I, when I get to certain positions in you know, things outside of my world is happening. I don't have to indulge in that because I know that stuff is not important to me. And it's really about priority. So when I got to Toronto, I understood where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do. Um, I just didn't want to be, you know, just relaxed because I got drafted and made it to the NBA. Like there was more that I wanted to do. So discipline had to be a factor. I mean, Toronto is a very beautiful city. And it's, it's amazing, right, if you know what I mean. So <laughs> at 18 years old, I still wasn't legal because it's 19 there. Um, but, you know, being a Florida boy in, in Canada, living on the lake where it's below zero, you know, I had to stay inside <laughs> and stay warm anyway. So that hey, helped. You, li- you listen to the Showtime with Coop. Uh, we got T-Mac in the house along with uh, J.J., uh, T, we, uh, we're at that point of the show where I have what I call Coop's Lightning Round. I'm going to ask you about five people, and you tell me as much or as little about these people, okay? First one up is D. Brown. Oh, it's my, my big brother. Um, he was one of the guys that helped me out in my earlier days. Um, you know, just brothers, man. Just I and Actually, I just saw D. Uh, this about two weekends ago, his son and our son are on the same Adidas AAU circuit. So I saw him, him and his beautiful wife, Tammy, out there. But, yeah, he was very inspirational in my earlier days because he's my teammate in Toronto and Orlando as well. And, and we both lived in Orlando. So um, that's my guy. Okay. Uh, Butch Carter. Oh, man. Gave me structure when it was really most needed uh, as a rookie. Darrell Walker was my first coach. We clash heads every single day. Butch Carter took over after All-Star break and really just gave me that structure and, and, and 
uh, mentorship and helped me get through a, a, a tough, you know, first half of the season, overcome a lot of, uh, you know, bull crap, I would say. Vince Carter. Family. Family. Um, someone that I, I took a back seat to and, and really learned from and how to handle stardom. Uh, because he came in his rookie year, took the, the league by storm. I mean, very electrifying. Um, you know, he was the number one all-star voter. So Vince hit stardom extremely fast. And for me, it was just, you know, sit back and learn, take notes. And then when your time comes, make sure you handle it the same way. Ernie Grunfield. Gave me an opportunity, you know, drafted me ninth overall. Uh, was, you know, just... No, Ernie. Who you say? I was thinking of Glenn Grinwald. Ernie Grinfield. <laughs> you got hey, hey, T, we're going to pass on that one. Yeah, I, I was thinking of Glenn Grinwald. <laughs> last, I was like, damn. Last but not least. Dude, you sometimes the stump these guys with these names. <laughs> oh, I dig up some names. Uh, Kobe Bryant. Oh, man. Just... Um, inspirational you know uh Kobe and I became really good friends my rookie year I used I stayed with him and his family in the summer after my rookie year and uh we became really close friends just to be in his presence and and learn and uh pick up some you know some some gems from him he was a gym rat he eats sleep basketball like that was his life at 19 years old I, I never met a kid so confident at that age and, and really believed that he was the greatest player in the world at 19 years old like it, it was incredible the confidence that you know he exuded um but just the killer mentality man just you know Anything that was in his way just wanted to destroy it. And, you know, to, to be around him and, and, and catch on to some of those things early on really helped me in my career. Hey, JJ, what did Kobe meant to you? I mean, I mean, he meant everything to me as far as, like, just liking the game and, you know, re- really respecting the game and, and, you know, respecting the process and, doing what it takes to to become a champion. I mean, when I think of Kobe, obviously I think of, you know, Mamba mentality, killer mentality, one of a kind, um, drive. Obviously he has the skills, he has the athleticism, he has the size, but I think what separated Kobe from a lot of uh, other great players was just that killer, that killer drive, that killer mentality. And uh, I mean, like I said, I grew up watching, you know, the, the three main guys that my, from my, age bracket you were either watching Kobe AI or T-Mac like those were the three you know guys that everybody in in my age group grew up watching gravitated towards like you were you were watching those three guys and 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 you know like I said I mean Kobe just you know five-time champion I believe 10-time um all NBA first team you know, maybe nine-time all-defensive team, like the, his resume speaks for itself. I mean, he, you know, he, he's done wonders for the game of basketball, um, you know, not only from just 
a success standpoint, but from just an inspirational and, and, and an influential um, standpoint. Great question, uh, answer. Uh, a couple more questions, T-Mac. I'm going to let you go because I know you're a busy man. I'm going to start a little family rift here, and I probably uh, – uh, who's the better dunker, you or Vince? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like that – I never hesitate. That, that Vince, to me, is the greatest dunker ever. You think so? Yeah. What's his best dunk? The one in the Olympics? Oh, yeah, have to be. Ooh, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Or the it's over. He it's jumped over. over that guy. And his that, that dunk was better than when Dr. J dunked on me. And see, I <laughs> you can you can laugh at that T Mac because I, I they can't show that without me getting paid T Mac. So I ain't worried about <laughs> uh T Mac, you know, you're a great scorer in the league. Who are some of the people that defended you well? Um Ron Artest was really great at defense. Uh, Bruce Bourne was tough because he had those two seven-footers behind him, Tim Duncan uh-huh. and David Robinson. <laughs> um, yeah, I, those two was really good. Who, could you defend T-Mac? You know what, and I was going to say that. I, I was going to say this, T-Mac. I'm going to tell you the truth, man. You know, I've been against a lot of people, and I see you kind of like that George Gervin, thin, kind of slinky player. I think it would have been hard to guard you. I think with your size and your tenacity of, of scoring and using your teammates, you know, uh, I always say the one thing about good offensive scores that they use their teammates. Yeah. And you alluded to that when you, you know, you talked about that team that destroyed you guys because they played with the fundamentals. But it, I, I would love to have taken on a challenge. And I think I would have won some, you'd have won some. How tall are you two, Coop? Six, seven. And see, I was, what, what, what was your best playing weight? Were you ever over 200? Uh, oh yeah, I was I was two thirty. See, I I I played uh, my best playing weight. I played at one hundred seventy eight pounds. Oh yeah, so you would have been too light in the ass, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know what, T back. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna mess with Six, you. Seven once. Oh no, man. Well, different that's era though. Light, he would have been light. he would have been heavier. Well, see, that's, see, they would let me put hands on you. So I and, and listen, I wasn't a dirty player, but I the hell don't I, 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 I played in that era. Uh-huh. When, I still played in the hand checking era. Okay. I loved I loved that. Yeah. I love the hand checking area era. Why? Was, well, for me, I was I was really good at it. It wasn't it wasn't this. Us, it was this. Yeah. You could yeah. you could you could put it on his hip. And I mastered that. I was so good at that. I loved it. I hated that they took it out. And you know what? Offensive players, when they use that the right way, that gave you that little separation that you needed to get that shot Good off. Shot, and great yeah. players. See, T-Mac, yeah. I got you, baby. I'm, yeah. I would have played you like that. But uh, <laughs> uh, offensive players use that to their advantage. And, you know, again, uh, uh, J.J., you mentioned Allen Iverson. I think he's another one that would have – I don't think anybody scared me, but it would have kept me up watching tape a lot. Sure. No, absolutely. AI, like, I mean, just from – you know, he's smaller than everybody. So it's already tough guarding, you know, people that are smaller than you and as explosive and e- electric as uh, Alan Iverson was. And he was just like so cat quick. He can beat anybody from point A to point B. I mean, like I said, electric, you know what I mean? Shifty, got handle, got the, you know, he was doing a crossover before they were really calling the carry, the carry call. He was like, 
really hanging that thing and then, you know, crossing oh, right. That, they took right. it out because of AI. They yeah. changed it because of AI. Right, right. So, I mean, he was, he was tough, sure. T-Mac, do you think that the NBA should get back to letting high school high, people go straight from high school? Absolutely. Why? I think what, you know, the NIL deal, I think they should allow these guys to be able to at least test the waters. And if they don't get drafted, to be able to still pursue their college careers. Yeah. Okay. I, I understand that. I, I don't, I, I think. I hate the one and done. Two year because a lot of kids, and T-Mac, you're in that special group. A lot of kids aren't ready for the NBA life, man. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, but some are though. Yeah. Some, some are. So the, the, and it's up to the scouts to determine that. Yeah, if right. they draft a kid, then, you know, right. obviously they see promise, uh, promising in him. But for the guys that do want to test the waters, I don't think that should be the end-all, be-all, that they can't go back and pursue their college career. I don't agree with that. Yeah. Well, Give the opportunity to succeed. They have to have the opportunity to fail, too. You know, I mean, that's kind of the way it works. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. There you have it. Another edition of Showtime with Coop. T-Mac, you want to leave us with anything? You got anything going in the community, the OBL league? Last words? OBL, man. OBL was a huge success. Shout out to John Jordan for winning $250,000. Houston winner and our Vegas overall champion for season one. Um, support for OBL, people who want to get in on, on season two, how does that work? Oh, we'll have all that information out on, on all of our uh, social media channels. Uh, we're right. going back in internally and talk about when we want to start season two. But OBL was a big success. And shout out to all of the OBL supporters. Thank you very, very much. OBLhoops.com. OBLhoops.com for people who want more information. T-Mac, JJ, thank you guys so much, man. Really appreciate it, okay? Have a all wonderful right, day, you guys. Take care. Success. You guys. Okay. See y'all.